Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing the Christmas film called Love Heart. This is available on Netflix. It stars Nina Dobrov and Jimmy O. Yang. This film I watched last night, and Anna forgot to turn off her... Um, settings just a moment here peeps um how do i do this okay there we go no sounds will be coming and it is the holiday i am wearing something festive again great t-shirt i'm going for that japanese style look that's popular with the guys but looks super comfy let me just say it is but i am wearing my holiday elf leggings so you know I'm feeling festive. You just can't see it because the camera only gets the top half of me. For those of you looking at the Spotify podcast, for those of you listening to the audio version of this, it doesn't matter. But I am feeling jingle jangly on my elf leggings. So anyway, and I did my nails festive. This was my Christmas gift to me was this nail polish. So yeah, anyway, we all have things. So anyway... Why did I watch this movie? Well, I wanted to watch some holiday movies, kind of that Hallmarky feeling, although I must say most Hallmarks make me gag, so it really has to be a really good one for me to watch. So anyway, I was searching on Netflix for a Hallmark-esque movie that was maybe slightly romantic, but not so much that it makes Anna want to barf. I don't mean it weird. It's a delicate balance here, especially when you're used to Asian BL drama, which is slightly romantic, but in a nice way, not an annoying way like Western romances kind of sometimes are. So anyway... Love Heart. I decided to watch this because I was curious about this story, which follows the life of a woman who is a journalist who makes her living off of her bad date stories because she does online dating and has not met Mr. Right, which I think is a really bad term. I think we should call them Mr. Exemplary because that's kind of what most people are looking for. But anyway, we'll go with Mr. Right. So she has all these failures. And then she meets someone online and she's like, oh, I like the look of him. I like talking with him. He he seems interesting. He's traveled the world. And so she starts basically a several week long relationship with this person virtually. And then she decides to go to his house for Christmas. And when she goes to his house for Christmas, she finds that it's not the person in the pictures. They're not tall. They're not um, rugged looking at all. They kind of look like an Asian version of Leonard from the Big Bang Theory, which I really don't know why that would be unattractive. I will have a diatribe on that here later, but that's not for this part of the podcast. But she is furious, and so she leaves his house. His parents are there. She, they think that he's got a girlfriend. Oh, wonderful. And... Um, He's like, um, I didn't know you were coming for Christmas. And she's like, well, you said you wished I was there for Christmas. He said, that's something people say that's nice. Like, you have a nice looking baby. And she said, oh, so this is my fault. And she's pretty hacked. And I do have to say, I do get her being hacked at this point. I do understand being upset because the photo does not match the profile. I totally get that. Although I think that the main truck I have with online dating and dating in the modern age, maybe dating for all time, is that 
people are making snap judgments about a person based on their profile picture, not based on their written description, which to me is far more important. I don't, I don't even know where it's like, you know, looks come and go. What matters is what are those person's interests? What are they like? What is their character, if you will, which I know is kind of an archaic term, but still, you know, what is their true selves? So anyway, she's mad because Josh catfished her. And so Natalie is the character's name, goes to the bar where she actually sees the person who was in the profile pictures. And this is kind of weird for her. And so she decides because she's rather drunk to sing a kind of sexy song and start dancing on tables because she's not herself. And she has a huge allergic reaction during this because the shots that she was drinking had kiwi in them, which she is deadly allergic to, and she didn't put her EpiPen on fast enough. So she runs from the from the bar. Josh, the person who catfished her, is in the back of the room. He runs out after her because he realizes something is wrong, but he's not sure what. And then he finds out she didn't take her EpiPen. So he gets her to a veterinarian because the real doctor is 30 minutes away. They get her EpiPen, her face deflates so she does not look like Chucky. <laughs> I have never seen Chucky, but she really did kind of look like him in that picture. So anyway, or in that frame of the movie, she um, finds out that Josh, the person who got fished her, is friends with Tag, the person who is in the pictures. And so she agrees to pretend to be Josh's girlfriend for one week while Josh decides he will help her to date Tag, since that's the kind of person she wants to date. Um, he then takes her home to his basement apartment in his parents' home because his apartment got burned out, so he's waiting for the renovation. And she's like, you know, here's here's there's there's drinks in the in the refrigerator and there's the bed. And he just starts to lay down. She's like, oh no, you're not sleeping in this bed with me. And he's like, well, I have a bad back and this is the only Tempur-Pedic mattress in the house. And she's like, you know, you could be dying of paralysis and I do not care because of what you have done. You are going to be sleeping on the floor and I am taking the bed because that is just the way things are going to be. So that is kind of how they start off their journey together. Um, she meets Tag the next morning and pretends to like Walden because it's his favorite book. And then um, she agrees to go rock climbing, which Josh agrees to help her try to learn, which is kind of funny because she's terribly frightened of heights, even though it's two-step stepladder rock climbing wall. And she asks Josh if it's going to be similar when they actually go to their other rock climbing wall. He's like, oh yeah, but he forgot to mention that it's like four stories high compared to maybe one story high in his parents' sporting goods store. So anyway, she basically throughout this film, Natalie is trying to win over Tag. I'm not really quite sure why she wants to win over Tag. Tag has none of the same interests she has. He is totally into all kinds of outdoorsy sports. And Natalie is not into any outdoorsy sports. Um, Tag is into Thoreau and Natalie thinks Thoreau was a narcissistic creep. And you know, everyone has their own opinions on Thoreau. So 
but they're divergent on that. So really she has nothing in common with Tag. She just likes the way he looks. And there is a very interesting part in this film as it progresses where Josh has a conversation with her. She's getting ready to go on another date with Tag. And he says, you know, I know you're mad at me because I catfished you. I totally get that. But everything I put in my profile is me. The pictures were not, but the the description, my interests, my hobbies, the person you spoke to for four weeks, that was me. So I know that you think you like Tag because of how he looks, but you have no common interests. But you did, at least initially, think you were falling in love with me. So you're basically giving away your hopes, dreams, values by dating Tag because he shares none of your interests and you're trying to adopt his. And at the end of the day, is it really worth that to be with a person because of the way they look if you have to give up everything you are? And you, I think this is a very good question because I think one of the reasons that I personally have not dated too much, I mean, I've been on a couple dates. I've been on a not date and I dated a person for like, nine days but you know that was interesting and at the end of it I was like you know when you know someone for about six hours and they start asking propositioning things and you're like you know if you're asking me at six hours how many other people have you asked at six hours and no thank you so I mean I think for me that's a very good question because the one thing that I have found a major drawback at least in the Western culture. Now, I have to say in the Eastern culture, you really don't come into this because a lot of people in like India and the Middle East have arranged marriages and for good or bad, they tend to not have a very high divorce rate and they do tend to look at things more as how do they react to situations in as a collaborative effort, how do they deal with things together more than I think in the Western world? Because it's not seen as just a romantic interest. It's seen as I'm going to be spending my whole life with this person. We might as well agree on certain things to begin with and then go forward together with that, which I think makes a lot of sense on some levels. Although, you know, there's that whole thing about arranged marriages, not arranged marriages, da, da, da. but we're not getting into this on this podcast. But what I do think is interesting is this little conversation between Josh and Nat when he's saying, you know, you fell in love with me because of my description, because of my conversations with you. You're now giving up everything that is you to be with this person. And I think that's the one thing that I have seen over and over in in some relationships I've seen with acquaintances is I have seen people completely lose who they were in order to be the person that they wanted, that they thought that other person wanted to them to be. Now, whether or not that other party wanted them to be that way, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of times people are like, especially I think for women in Western culture, and this is not a judgment call. This is simply an observation. And I'm sure it works this way for guys too. I just have not seen it as much. But I think for women in particularly, women feel a great urge that if they do meet someone who seems to like them, we must adopt what we think that person wants us to be. Instead of sitting there and going, I am who I am. 
this person may or may not like this. Obviously, they like this a little bit or they wouldn't consider dating me. So I'm going to continue to be true to myself because if I'm not true to myself, then I can't be true to them as well. Now, I will say sometimes it works out fine. Sometimes women, you know, give up that part of themselves. Like say they loved um, dance, for example, they give up dance because they know that their spouse doesn't like dance or they don't think they'll like dance or their their partner doesn't like dance or won't like dance. And, you know, sometimes they end up happy for years and years. But the thing that I think is sad is I don't think relationships have to be about giving up who you are. I think if they're about giving up who you are, you really need to sit there and go, is this a part of me that I'm not happy with because if it is you know it's a good thing to give up i think in in many relationships whether you're talking about friends or romantic relationships our acquaintances who we come to know and trust oftentimes help us give up the parts of ourselves that are not positive like for example when i was younger i was extremely insular like freakishly so terribly terribly so now it wasn't that i was shy it's simply that i had grown up in an environment that was not really conducive to me not being insular i mean if you talked when i was a kid you could get in trouble and it could be really bad so because of that i became extremely quiet now i'm still quiet in public most people think i'm mute some people even have thought i was deaf when i'm in public so i'm like i don't know these people i'm not going to be being chatty but I think the thing that has been helpful in my friends and in my acquaintances is I have come to realize that I'm not in the same place I was when I was, you know, a kid through high school. I can give my opinion without worrying about the whole world collapsing, as it were. And I think that's something that your friends help you to become a better version of yourselves. In the same way, I think your partners should help you become a better version of yourselves. But you still need to be yourself. And I think that's the thing that I liked most about this show, even though it is low budget, even though it is over the top in a couple of parts. I liked the fact that we're dealing with, do you want to give up who you are in order to achieve your goal? And is your goal really worth it if you have to do that? So that's kind of what Josh asked Natalie. At the end of the day, Natalie decides that she doesn't want to be with Tag. She has a passionate moment with him and then decides, you know, this isn't what I thought it would be like. And this isn't the person who I think I will be happy with. So that's kind of how that closes. She then um, tells Josh and his family that she messed this up. It's not basically Josh's fault, but she is pretending and she's just trying to take care of that because they think that she was Josh's girlfriend and going to marry him. Now, I do love there is a hilarious scene where they put a post, a picture of Josh and Natalie in the paper because they think they're engaged and Josh and Natalie go and run around town stealing all the papers so no one sees that picture and no one knows that they're engaged like that and I love that scene where they're working together running to get the paper 
and outsmart the paper boy. And Natalie's like, we're going to make that poor paper boy lose his job. And, he, and, and Josh is like, it's okay. I'll give him a job at my dad's shop. He'll make just as much money, if not more. It'll be all right. But let's just get these pictures out. And so then they're sitting in the car, hunkered down, trying not to look like paper thieves. And she opens the paper and there's a picture of her and Josh. And I do have to say, it's not a very flattering picture of Natalie, and she looks like a deer in the headlights, and she says, you know, this is a really bad picture of me, and she says, at least they got you somewhat right, but me, it's like, uh. and and Josh is like, you know, this isn't really a good picture of me either, and she says, well, it's much better than it is of me, at least you're looking at the camera and not like you're half dazed and the light bulb just hit your eyes, and she says, I'm just curious, what were your profile pictures like? before you put up the fake ones of tag and and do you still have them and he's like oh no I, I don't have those and she's like can I I know you have those Josh can I see your profile pictures and so Josh shows her her profile his profile pictures and I had to say you know the one thing I did find interesting about online dating although it was not a success for me at all except I know now what I don't want I didn't think I had a type but I definitely have a non-type I think after that experience but the one thing i found most amusing was i called my best friend and i was talking to him i said you know i don't know what the women profile pictures look like on this app i'm kind of curious to log in as a guy just to simply see if the women profile pictures are as bad as the guy profile picture because the one thing i thought was interesting about online dating apps was the pictures of the guys it's not that the guys are bad looking so to say although to me it's like i don't really sit there and go as a person good looking as a person bad looking it looks are not important to me at all so that's kind of non non factor in my opinion i do look at descriptions if somebody doesn't really put up a description it was like ah that's not for me but you know the thing is is the guy profile pictures are interesting on dating apps. Now, for those of you who do dating apps, which would probably be most of the listeners on this podcast, at one point or another have done a dating app, but I found them intriguing because I'm like, you know, why do we think as a guy, I mean, most of my friends are guys and usually they are very linear and step by step, but I don't know what's with the guys on the dating app because I'm going, you know, why would you take a picture of yourself in the bathroom by a mirror with the urinal in view? I mean, that is not really how you want to meet your soulmate or make an impression. I'm just saying, and I would like to say that was maybe one or two profiles, but that was like several. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what's with bathroom selfies, but really there are so many rooms in the house and in the world at large. We could even go to the, to a nice museum and take a selfie of ourselves. But to take a selfie in the bathroom by the urinals just seems kind of strange. I mean, no offense. And in the same way, there were some other ones like this, like, you know, taking a selfie of yourself with your dog's head in the picture covering up your face because they're licking you. I'm like, do you, I don't know. That's kind of a, a turn off for some of us. It's like your face has been licked by dogs. How many times? Okay. And for those of us who are slightly allergic to dogs and cats, it's like, well, we know this, this would never work. And then 
you know, there's that, that famous iconic one of them. I don't know. We're assuming they're lying down with their head on the pillow and the blankets are just all messy. And you're going, okay, they don't make the bed. And for some reason, they're fond of taking pictures lying down, which seems kind of weird. Most people don't take pictures lying down. It smushes your face. It, it does not bring out the best in you. And, and then some of us are going, why do they spend all that time in bed? It's kind of weird. So I mean, profile pictures. But moving back to the film, Josh shows Nat his profile pictures. He has one of him holding an axe, not smiling. He has another of him holding rope. And he has another of him holding a, um, a tool. And the toilet and sink are in the background. And she says, um, Josh, these were your original profile pictures. This might be why you only had three people like you and one of them was your old teacher because no one wants to date a man who's not smiling and holding an axe and no one really wants to date a guy that's holding a rope like he might be getting ready to hang himself or someone else. And she said, and the bathroom with the wrench? What, what were you doing there, Josh? And he said, well, I I was fixing the toilet and I thought I'd take a picture because women would know I was handy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that kind of explains some of the logic behind some of the profile pictures that I saw because I'm going, you know, someone could make a killer business off of helping guys who do take poor profile pictures improve their self-image on dating apps. I mean, no offense, I'm like, this is a niche market that at least three or four companies could definitely help with. You go in, you help someone's profile picture not look like an axe murderer, that will definitely be sellable. But anyway, so Josh and her are laughing at his profile picture. And you know, the one thing I do think is interesting about the character of Josh is, you know, Josh is a cool character. In fact, I don't mean it weird, but most of my friends are kind of like Josh. I, I don't know. It's just the truth. And they're very likable, very linear, very kind of delightfully geeky. I mean, it's awesome. But I don't understand why someone wouldn't want to date someone like Josh because of his looks. But again, Anna is not really into looks, so that's really not something. I mean, as you can tell, it's the holidays I'm wearing it. Uh, extra large, I mean, super big t-shirt because it's comfy. And I don't care how I look. I look like someone from a chain drama and I'm wearing my my Christmas leggings. And this is festive for me. And I didn't take time to comb my hair because I just got out of the shower. So looks are not important to me. But the thing that I think is interesting is Josh doesn't think that he can be with someone because of his appearance. And there's nothing wrong with Josh's appearance. I mean, at all. So I really don't understand why that is a factor. But if you were into someone who's like Josh's friend or ex-friend tag, you would probably not be dating Josh. And the thing that I think is kind of messed up with the world is a lot of times the people who are like tag are not the kind of people who would make a good partner, who would make a good husband, who would make a good dad, because they are really focused on how they look to the world. And if you're really focused on how you look to the world, you're probably not going to be really focused on caring for those about you as much. Now, I have seen some situations where people 
do care about how they look about in the world and they're really good with their families they're really good with their friends but i think it's kind of an inverse relationship where i think a lot of people want to end up with someone who has the values of josh but who looks like tag and you're not really going to see that combination too often because if you really are like josh then you aren't going to really care about you know looking real good you know doing the things that are popular and i think the thing that i was really struck by with the character of josh is whenever natalie got into a bind josh was there tag wasn't when natalie got totally freaked out and ended up hyperventilating at the top of a rock climbing wall josh quietly got up there calmed her down and then helped her get back down and i think that kind of personality of being able to deal with a crisis quietly where someone might not even know about dealing with it is a very attractive personality if you want to say it that way but anyway at the end of the day natalie writes her article about being catfished and how it actually was reversed because she realizes that yes josh did lie to her about the pictures but she was lying to Tag by trying to pretend to be everything that he liked, which was actually in many ways, I think, way worse than Josh and his pictures. I mean, Josh lied about his pictures. He should not have done that. But he didn't lie in his description. He didn't lie to her when he was talking to her. And she lied to, to Tag in when she was talking with him. She lied to him about the kind of person she was. She just completely catfished Tag. And I think the thing that was interesting is by the end of the movie, she realizes that everything that she hated about Josh, she did to Tag. And that really made her sit there and go, hmm. And she has a conversation with her boss during the middle of all this realization. And he says, you know what, Nat? He said, the thing I think is interesting is you stayed. You stayed even though you found out that Josh was lying. You stayed even though Josh is imperfect in your book and you hate imperfections. You stayed even though all that was true. And the thing I'm curious about as your boss who has known you for a while and your column on disaster dating is why did Josh have some kind of attribute that made you stay? What was it about him that made you not leave in a huff basically and there is a moment when josh and nat are talking before she leaves and tells everyone that she's faking it with josh that he is making candles and she's talking about the candles and he says well that one that one smells like my grandfather and he says i just wanted to kind of capture that moment so that i remembered what my grandfather was like in a candle which you know most people think they're kind of weird and not cool and she's like that's totally cool and i think that kind of spirit in josh is kind of what led her to like him in a way to think hmm and you know i don't think it's really those big bombastic romance drama things that really hook people in the end i mean sometimes you know i can say they they like someone because of x y or z but i think it's more of those quiet off the cuff unexpected moments that often draw people to sit there and go hmm 
why is this person doing X that way? And that's kind of what's interesting, I think, about people. Whether you're talking about friends, whether you're talking about other relationships, or more than just friends. And at the end of the day, Natalie gets a ding on her phone. She's getting ready to leave. She finished her article and she sees that Josh put up his profile again, like he promised her with actual profile pictures of him. And as a candle maker, because he talks to his dad and his, um, when Natalie leaves, she puts out one of his candles and a note saying, please be true to yourself, Josh. You're a good person. Be true to yourself because he's working for his dad at the sporting goods store. He hates sports. He wants to go make candles for guys because he thinks that's a big niche market. And he talks to his dad and his dad says, you're not good at selling sporting goods. I love your son, but go make candles if that's what you want to do and you're good at it, please. And so at the end of the day, Natalie gets a ding on her phone that Josh has put up his profile picture. And underneath it, he puts, I would like to be with someone who likes me for who I am. Now, I think that's kind of a lame profile because I have seen several of those on different websites and I'm like, I think that's still kind of about you whereas when I am concerned dating someone I'm saying they're going would I make their lives better because if not I don't see the point of dating them I mean not not trying to be bad here but I'm like oh I gotta start recording again okay let me see here my recorder only does 30 minutes okay when I consider dating someone I'm going I'm not looking for the relationship for how it's going to improve my life. Although, you know, it will improve my life. I totally get that if it's a good relationship. But I'm looking at the relationship going, will I make their life better? Because if that is not the case, then why on earth would I consider dating someone? And that's just the way I look at it. So that's like the biggest caveat. So when I look at a profile and I go and they say, I want someone who sees me for what I am, I'm like, it's still about you, which I don't think relationships should be gotten into because of you at any point. But he is a step closer, I think, to figuring out life, Josh is. And so Natalie goes to Josh's house with those placards like in Love Actually, which I have never seen, but I think I will watch one of these days just to say that I know the movie because it comes up in Theory of Love, it comes up in this show, and I'm like, you know, I really should watch that so I know what they're referencing. But anyway, she goes to his house and Josh comes out on the porch and sees her and she goes, Shh. and then she holds up a sign and says, tell your parents it's the Mormons because they're always asking who's at the door. And if it's the Mormons, the dad is always saying, tell them we're not going to convert. They're not going to have us become Mormon. So for the last time, and so the dad just starts yelling this out the door and Josh is sitting there going, mm -hmm. and she basically holds up a placard and goes, you know, all my life I was looking for that person, that perfect person. And she said, I really didn't stop and think, what would that perfect person be to me? Because that's very different than looking for the perfect person in general. And she says, I don't really want to be with someone who, you know, most people want to be with someone who they read the Sunday newspaper with, but I'd rather be with someone who steals it with me the night before. And Josh is just kind of sitting there laughing because of their history of stealing newspapers. And at the end of the day, she says, I really think you're the perfect person for me. But I want to know if you can forgive me so that maybe we could move forward together. And she then holds out the Sharpie and the, the 
placard that has a thumbs up and a thumbs down. And so Josh comes walking out very quietly, flips the packet over and says basically, yes, definitely. And then an expletive, which I'm not using on this podcast. But anyway, and she starts laughing because it's kind of hard to imagine Josh even using that kind of expletive. So it's sitting there going, it doesn't really fit. And then his whole family comes out. And it reminds me of, this film is kind of set up, like for those of you who are familiar with the 1990s film, While You Were Sleeping, there are several references to that if you're watching the show. Like, for example, the grandmother says, kiss her, you idiot, in a very British accent, which is just like in the end of While You Were Sleeping. And so... Anyway, that is the end of the movie. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. I would give it a 10 out of 10, but I did not like all the... Some of the language was not quite kid-friendly, which I do prefer to be kid-friendly. Also, we did have a reference to... um, What would we say? Some non-kid-friendly topics, which... For me, that's really not a big deal because, well, marijuana is usually legalized in all 50 states now, but it's still not something that I might want to have to discuss with my eight-year-old, depending. So, you know, I don't know if it's legal in all 50 states. I don't know. And, you know, it's also legal in several countries now, but I'm not really quite sure on all that. But anyway, because of that, there are a couple things which I would not really want to have to describe to small children. So um, it's not entirely kid-friendly. But as an adult, I really liked this rom-com. And I seldom like rom-coms. And I seldom like American rom-coms, or American film in general. But this one I liked because... It was kind of a maverick for this production. It's not like a normal show. And I kind of liked that. Even though it is low budget, you can tell. Even though it's not maybe the the best of acting or production, it was still fun. And I think the actors did do a good job. So I give it at least a 9, maybe a 9.5 out of 10, which is very high for Anna. And that is my review of Love Hard. It's available on Netflix for a regular subscription. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Round Table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.